This is Everyday Ayurveda and Yoga, recorded at Halepule on beautiful Kauai. Each month we cover topics that can help you find balance in your life through food, good living, and the eight limbs of Raja Yoga. Learn more at halepule.com. And here's the show. Hello everyone, this is Myra. And Kelsey. With Halepule's Everyday Ayurveda and Yoga podcast. Our Halipule team is growing. Two of our colleagues, Robin and Sonia, recently moved to Kauai with their eight-month-old baby daughter, Leonie. What a special treat it is to have a baby's energy around the office. And so fun to watch her explore using her body, senses, and her voice. <laughs> Babies are naturally sattvic, and when a pregnant mother keeps her doshas balanced and lives in a primarily sattvic manner, the baby will be born with a predominance of sattva, balance, and harmony. As the parents continue to cultivate a sattvic environment after delivery and minimize exposure to excessive sensory stimulation, the baby will develop sattvic qualities like serenity and clarity and a keen awareness in life. It's a real honor for me to work with couples who plan to get pregnant, or with pregnant mothers, or with mothers who've just delivered, since food is the primary medicine for mother and baby. Mother's diet affects the quality of her milk, which affects the quality of the baby's digestion, the development mentally and physically of the baby. Providing the environment for a child to develop a strong agni is what provides a balanced eating experience in the rest of life. If mom's doshas are balanced, then her milk will be sattvic and the very best food for baby for the first year at least. It's important not to introduce other food too soon. Babies don't get tired of having mom's milk. It's usually parents that are projecting their own desires. When babies remain on breast milk for one to three years, it provides time for the agni to develop, and it needs to continue to develop through their childhood. Simple foods, such as rice, and then adding mung after the rice is being handled well. All of this should be done gradually, with consideration for the baby's agni, and that their elimination stays balanced, and that's how you know things are going well. Growing up with a balanced agni will make the person less likely to develop cravings and compulsions around food. So that's what we're here to talk about today. Cravings of all kinds are more common these days. We see the word crave more often in client information we gather for consultations, trainings, and events, as well as in applications to work at Durga Farms. More and more people feel it's normal to follow their cravings. We seem to have lost the strength to say no when we want to say no and yes when we want to say yes. Each time we indulge a craving, we weaken our mind and our ability to access our higher intellect. That's that part of us that can discern right from wrong for our health, for example. As a result, we make poor choices that negatively affect our health. It affects our relationships, and it increases the probability of illnesses that are more difficult to, to treat, things like diabetes. Cravings have become so accepted as part of life that people even giggle and think it's cute now. Some people identify themselves with the cravings and wear it like a badge. Well, here I have a real thing for chocolate, or me and my cup of coffee. 
Having cravings and acting on them may be the norm, but it's definitely not natural. Cravings are signs of imbalance, and they become himsa, or violence, toward ourselves. The practice of ahimsa, or kindness, consideration, and respect, is to turn away from the cravings out of respect for our health and the gift of a body in this life. This is self-care that brings fulfillment in life. Now, as human beings, we have senses and sense organs. We have them in order to experience life and, and also to learn the right use of our will. Then we can use our senses for the highest good of all, including ourselves. The Bhagavad Gita, a great spiritual text of yoga, talks specifically about the importance of controlling the senses to lead a joy-filled life. When we misuse them, we develop strong likes and dislikes that turn into attachments and addictions. In Ayurveda, we recognize and work with the principle from nature that like attracts like, and the opposite brings balance. Too much emphasis on attaining or avoiding things creates imbalance and craving. My default thinking about cravings goes to food cravings. But people can crave other sensory experiences such as movies, certain sounds, or adrenaline from extreme activities. I fit into most of those categories when I first began working with you. To be honest, I was speechless when you suggested I consider that most of it was based in an addiction to drama and the adrenaline that comes from it. Mm. We look for extremes in any direction when we're not letting ourselves feel our feelings on a moment-to-moment basis. Yep, and I was not doing that. (laughs) (laughs) And as we deny our feelings, we numb ourselves to the beauty and the subtlety of life. And then we look for extreme experiences in order to feel alive. Feeling a preference or interest in something is appropriate. But when your voice becomes loud and you feel like you're going to die without it, then you can be pretty sure it's taking you away from good physical and mental health. We have a farmer here, and he's, he's balding on the top of his head and sweats profusely, which are both signs of excess pitta. And he recently shared that he loves hot spicy food and had it at every meal along with some alcohol. He was clearly excited about it and is obviously experiencing the imbalances that comes from consuming such heating substances. With eating, the best digestion and satiation happens when we consume a balance of the six tastes. The cells naturally desire balance, and when we are in balance, our inclinations will reflect that. If we weaken agni, our digestive fire, and disturb our digestive tract by overeating, undereating, eating too often, or having poor combinations of food, then toxins are formed. We call them am. And the the toxins are a result of undigested food sitting in the digestive tract. So in the presence of am, our cellular environment becomes distorted. The cells adapt to this distortion and lose their natural intelligence. And the result is excessive cravings for a particular taste, for example. The same process eventually leads to life-threatening diseases. If you indulge the craving, you create greater imbalance, and then you'll seek stronger tastes and more of whatever it is. Something that many people overlook is that emotions play a significant role in food cravings. 
And since we are holistic beings, the emotions are a part of everything in life. Eating sugary food might seem to make you happy for a few moments, but the consequences are high highs and low lows. We were recently asked, how do I know if the taste I am seeking, such as sweet or sour, is me accessing my intuition and knowing what I need to bring balance, or if it is a craving that will bring imbalance? The difference between a craving and a healthy preference is the intensity of it and the ability to say no. If it's a craving, it will feel intense, and you might have the feeling that you will die if you don't have it. And it will occupy a great deal of time in your mind. A healthy preference will be a thought or feeling that's calm and clear. No urgency, and you could easily say no or go without it and be be in peace. A great thing to practice regularly is saying no thanks to something your tongue wants but you know your body doesn't need and then feeling at peace about it. In the very early stages of dosha imbalance, before the dosha leaves its home in the body, you'll naturally tend toward things that will bring balance. Now some people say that there are certain cravings that you should follow. And are you talking about the same thing here that those inclinations in the beginning, those preferences, are things that we should follow? Yes, they are things that we should follow. So, for example, excess vata begins with wanting a little more sweet, warming, and heavy food to counter the light, dry, and airy qualities present. If the dosha continues to accumulate and becomes more imbalanced, you'll begin to crave the qualities of the dosha itself. So, in other words, you would crave light, dry, and airy foods in this example. And then you're going to create more imbalance. You'll hear people, they'll say, oh, I just love crackers and popcorn and nuts. All the things that would increase vata. Right. So the person with excess vata then will want crunchy things, light, dry, airy foods, and more bitter and astringent taste. Following those cravings will increase the vata and the problematic symptoms such as gas, poor memory, and fear will increase also. We can apply the principles of Ayurveda to turn things around. Yep. Ayurveda is the science of life. It's the science of living. It's how to live. And we view each person's unique constitution, or their prakriti, and I just love that prakriti is the word for our constitution, It's also the word for nature, meaning it is our nature. We are part of everything around us. Yes, it's so cool. And so Ayurveda provides guidance on how to achieve and maintain a sense of balance in life. When life's challenges happen, we bounce back much more easily. We learn to recognize and follow the inclinations that balance us and turn away from anything that causes imbalance. There is no intensity in the inclinations, just a knowing inside of the right thing to do. And I always know if I pause and ask myself, is this coming from a balanced place? There's that little feeling inside that that says yes or that says no. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Life is a continual process of growth. Practicing Ayurveda and yoga gives us the gift of awareness. And with awareness, we can make small adjustments to stay in our truth. Let's take a short break, and when we return, talk about how to turn away from cravings and minimize and eliminate them in the future. 
Become a certified Ayurvedic chef at our Food is Medicine Ayurvedic Chef Training. After attending this program, you'll understand how to use food as a tool for healing and self-discovery. You'll be able to walk into any setting, whether it is your client's home, a yoga teacher training, retreat center, spa, or your own kitchen, and prepare delicious, simple meals that heal from the inside out. Apply today to learn to use food as medicine. Visit halepule.com, that's H-A-L-E-P-U-L-E.com for details. We're back. Let's talk about tools to move beyond cravings. I think a short recap is in order here, just to be clear. When you have moderate attraction to a particular taste, such as when there is some increase in the dosha, you may have a preference, but will not have any charge or intensity on the topic. If your voice intensity goes up when you speak about it, it's usually a sign of a craving and following it will create more imbalance. When you have a craving and are willing to turn away from it, step back and take a look at the whole picture. Assess how you can balance the dosha with adjustments to your diet, which we call ahar, and bihar, how you're living your life. Or get help by having a consultation. Sometimes cravings are so strong that indulging it seems like the best choice because it feels so painful to not, even though we know we suffer for it later. For those who may need inspiration on why to turn away from cravings, can you share what you have received in life from practicing control of your senses? Yes. <laughs> I, I would say that I have been given a strong, healthy, physical, mental, and emotional being. I don't get colds and flus, and I keep feeling better as I age. I turned 62 this month. Yahoo! <laughs> <laughs> Hard to imagine, I must say. <laughs> and I feel clear and vibrant and free of ailments. What a gift. Turning away from strong cravings and cultivating balance it builds confidence, and it provides the space for spiritual expansion, and that's what I've experienced with it. It brings freedom and the ability to make choices that are aligned with our true desires to experience peace and joy in life. Some things that work in the moment when you have a craving are to pause and take 12 slow, conscious, deep breaths. If you have cravings often, I'd suggest scheduling this three times a day and not wait for the craving. I remember the first time I heard you say that we use the breath to master the mind and the mind to master the senses. Yeah. It makes so much sense. And it works. Yes, it does. Now, let's say you're in the moment of a craving and you pause and breathe. And if, if it doesn't pass, have a glass of water and take a short stroll in nature if possible. And... That's a good time also to chant mantra. Say you're at work and someone brings candy into the office. If you feel like you're going to eat the candy when you don't really want to and you can't go outside for a stroll at that time, simply standing up and moving away from it, have a drink of water, and just take a walk in another direction, even if it's just down the hallway, will help. And, as you mentioned, chant mantra inside. Mantra is a powerful tool to shift vibration. 
When you chant mantra, you align your vibration with the cosmic consciousness. And this will allow you to shift out of the craving and into a relaxed and non-attached space. You can use any mantra that appeals to you. We have a few on our YouTube channel that are in Sanskrit. The Sanskrit mantras are powerful because the vibration of the language and the Sanskrit sounds themselves are healing. However, any prayer or English phrase that reminds you of your connection to the God of your heart will work wonderfully. Mantra can be chanted out loud. It is even more powerful when chanted internally. Keep chanting the mantra until you feel freedom from the craving. Mantra can be used in the moment of craving and anytime, anywhere to prevent cravings. Another option is to call a trusted friend to help you redirect your mind and reinforce that it is okay to turn away from the craving, that you won't die. At some point, in the moment or later, journal to release the feelings that underlie the craving. The purpose of the journaling is to expel the feelings, not to indulge the problem. And if you feel like you don't know the feeling, journal about the question, if I did know what I was feeling, what would that be? Ah, what it takes to get to the mind. <laughs> Set time aside to gently talk to the little girl or little boy inside of you. Ask what you are really looking for. It's not the food, but relief from some feeling, usually. As you do this regularly, you'll gain the ability to communicate with yourself in the moments of craving and eventually then prevent yourself from even coming to that situation. And the intuitive energy practice that we teach at Halepuli is very effective to move the energy that's behind the cravings. Yes, matter follows consciousness, which means in order for the mind and body to gain freedom, we need to shift the energy and heal the emotional imbalance that contributes to the cravings. Without clearing the energy, it will be much more difficult to change the behavior. Play our free 20-minute download available on our website in the moment of cravings if you can. Or have a regular daily practice so that you can take a few minutes or less to draw on the tools in the moments you need them. The mind will habituate anything. Turning away from cravings may feel like a fight in the beginning, but if you keep taking action to clear the underlying energy and emotions, then things will change. Keep going. Over time, there will be less urgency around the craving. Instead, practice strength of mind and sense restraint using your mantra or breath. I thought that freedom meant doing what I want when I wanted, which included eating what I wanted when I wanted. And turning away from a craving felt like deprivation. But as I began attending Halepuli events, I saw how you and others were much happier than I was. And you helped me see a large part of that was because I was a slave to any desire that went through my mind. And especially with something that affected my physical mental and emotional state in a negative way. When I really looked at it, I was not choosing these things. I just couldn't not follow the craving. And this was imprisonment. Many aspects of my life suffered from this thinking and from the, the guilt and the regret I felt from following the cravings and not being able to say no. Mm -hmm. Turning away from cravings brings freedom and joy. If you're listening to this podcast, 
validate for yourself that you're on the path to healing simply by having the desire to overcome cravings. That's the first step that many people don't ever take. You're already making progress. There are many of us walking the path to freedom, and we invite you to join us. A big topic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but that's all we have time for today. Thank you for joining us. And if you'd like to work with us to determine the best approach for you, we offer consultations in person and by phone, Skype, or FaceTime. Thanks so much for listening to Everyday Ayurveda and Yoga. Don't forget, if you have a question or a topic you'd like us to cover, just submit your question on Facebook or Twitter with the hashtag AskHaleePule. That's H-A-L-E-P-U-L-E. And if you want to go deeper on your own path toward health, book a consultation at HaleePule.com. In Ayurveda, we understand that we each have a unique constitution. Halipule's tridoshic approach is ideal for families and supports multiple constitutions. You can cultivate sattva in cooking, knowing that you're making meals that support everyone's constitution. Subtle adjustments may be required, but it doesn't need to be a stress point. To learn our tridoshic approach to create nourishing meals, Join simple Ayurvedic cooking with Halepule. Their recipes are easy, delicious, and will leave you feeling energized. And the link to join is in our show notes.